The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome to Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Join your host who is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer. She's the founder of Genuinely Hyphen You and has 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine authentic power. And now here is Gina Gardner, your host of Leadership for Life. Hello there and welcome to today's show. I'm Gina Gardner and I'm really thrilled to be with you. Today's show is all about relationships and you're going to find over time that we're going to revisit relationships a lot. Why? Because everything's about relationships. The relationship you have with yourself is then reflected in the relationship that you have with other people, whether that's your parents, your partner, your children, your neighbours, your friends, your colleagues, your boss. Understanding how important relationships are and how to create positive relationships with other people is so important if you want to be successful in life. I'm going to be joined uh, after the break by Julie Parker, who's an expert in professional relationships and networking and actually making the very best, most positive relationships in order to support your business and your ultimate success in your professional lives. But I'm going to spend the first part of today's show exploring relationships in general and some of the challenges that people have with relationships. And I really want to start getting you to think about the relationships that you have in life. Now, I was talking to a client this morning and she is in a fairly new partnership and she was telling me how challenging she's finding it because the first few months of really, you know, nothing could was a problem, that everything was wonderful. You know, the chemicals were really, and the hormones were uh, on the rampage. And now having moved in together, they are trying to find a way that works for both of them. Those of you that have listened before will know that I talk about the fact that we communicate and we each have our own language we may use the same words, but actually we don't always mean the same thing. And I find it quite interesting how often people get into a relationship and they don't actually know much about that person. Interestingly, they very often don't know much about themselves either. So let's start with you. Think about it. If you had to describe the relationship that you have with yourself, how would you describe it? Is it a loving one? Do you love who you are? And is that love recognising that, you know, you've got wobbly bits and that you there are bits of you that perhaps you think need improvement? Or is it at the other end of the spectrum where you think you're perfect and everybody else is wrong and you're a bit of a narcissist? My experience is that the vast majority of people have a relationship with themselves which could do with some work. You, as I've said so many times, 
are the common denominator in your life. You take yourself every moment, every situation, you're there. So if you're having problems with your relationships, whether whatever sort of relationships they are, doesn't it make sense to look to yourself first? So ask yourself the question, are there patterns of behaviour that have repeated themselves in terms of relationships? Can you look back and think, yeah, I've always gone for the same sort of person? Or I have I'm another client I was working with, she very quickly forges relationships with friends and then the friendship becomes very, very intense and then something happens and the relationship falls apart. And this happens time and time and time again. Recognising that actually it'll be something in there that is going on that you have the power to change that will make the difference as to whether that relationship pattern continues or not. One of the challenges if you have a relationship where you don't actually like and respect and love yourself is that you then don't create appropriate boundaries. And then, then it's very difficult because you'll allow other people to treat you badly because that's what you think you deserve or you think that you've got no power over it. Or you will, in trying to make yourself feel good, you will insist on being right. Now, I think being right is highly overrated because in winning that particular battle, the chances are you are likely to lose the war. Now, I'm not talking about once or twice. I'm talking about when there's a pattern of always needing the last word, of always needing to be seen to be right. People who are confident about themselves don't need to be seen to be right. They're quite happy to say to themselves, well, I don't agree, but but actually, it's not that important to me. And so what I would say to you is, choose your battles. Be really clear about the battles that are so important that you need to win them, and when actually, it doesn't really matter. Now, that's not, it's really important that I'm clear. There's a difference between making a compromise and being compromised. I'll say that again. There is a difference between making a compromise and being compromised. When you feel that what is going on is compromising your values, that you are having to swallow your what you want to say or how you want to be, if you're having to behave in a way that is not authentic in order to please somebody else, then you are compromising yourself. And at the heart of many relationships which go wrong is that they feel the person involved feels that they are being compromised. They are not making adjustments so that both parties are happy. They are burying what needs to happen in order for their values to be met. Now, there's a challenge in that because in order to know whether your values are being met or not, you need to know what your values are. So think about it. What are the things that are really, really important to you? If you're thinking about a partnership that's a, a personal partnership, and I'm sure when Julie comes on after the break, we'll talk about the relationships in a business setting. But let's stick with family uh, and partnerships and so on that are personal. What are your values? What are the things that you find that are really, really important to you? 
whether that's fidelity, trust, um, whether it's love, and interestingly, people describe love in all sorts of ways, whether it's the humour that somebody makes you laugh, whether somebody is kind, and so often relationships falter because people are unkind to one another, whether it's passion, it's curiosity, it, your, your values, fairness is another one, integrity, your values are the things that you really need to have in place in order to feel good. And if you're being asked to behave in a way that compromises those values, then the likelihood is that you will feel really rubbish. Now, I work a lot with individuals and I also work a lot with couples. What I find fascinating is that people could have been married, been in a partnership months, years, sometimes even decades. And when you say to them, what are your values? They look at you as if you're completely potty. When they then sit down and they look at what's important, the way in which people um, react to and believe their beliefs about things make a huge difference. And almost without exception, those people that I have worked with who have got problems in their relationship, it comes down to a different um, set of values around trust and integrity or family and relationships. So, for example, one of the things that um, we'll be talking about in another show is the things that go wrong and why people divorce and different parenting skills uh, and approaches is one of those things. But it can also be money. Money's a big one. Sex, what sort of sex, how often, who initiates, those sort of things. The relationship needs, if it's going to be healthy, for you to both feel as if your values are being met. Now, knowing what they are is the starting point. But then it's important to know what behaviours need to be in place in order for you to feel that those are being honoured. And if they're not being honoured, then that makes you feel rotten. Setting boundaries and being very clear about what you will accept and what you won't accept is important. Where will you compromise? Where will you not compromise? So let me give you some examples. You may be fiercely anti-smoking. Then the likelihood is that you won't want a partner who smokes. You may have very, very strong political or religious views. And it may be that it's really important to you that your partner has the same. On the other hand, I know many couples who've got vastly different views either philosophically, politically or religious views, and they're very happy to allow those differences to be in place. The only person who can determine whether you're happy for that to be the case is, oh, it's you. And so taking radical responsibility for your, your thoughts, your emotions, your actions and your words is incredibly important. And it's a theme that you will hear time and time again in this show. Why? Because it's, if you like, it's the foundation of everything. Blaming other people, saying, well, he made me unhappy, she made me sad, um, you're so frustrating, puts the onus on the other person to determine how you're going to feel. But ultimately, that responsibility is not theirs. Trouble is, if you give them that power, then you have to put up with what they give you. However, 
when you take responsibility for it, well, no one can make you angry or upset or unhappy unless you choose. If you're putting up with somebody being constantly critical, you have to ask yourself the question, number one, is there any truth in it? You know, are they saying this to me because actually what I'm doing, talking to another client yesterday who's drinking um, had got out of, of, of control really and when she drinks she's not a very nice person to be around and her partner had given her an ultimatum get some help or I'm leaving because I'm no longer prepared to be complicit in your drinking and so often in relationships is that collusion where you enable people to behave uh, in a particular way even when you don't like it so you need to be very careful and very clear about your responsibility within that relationship. And what part are you playing? Are you paying the victim? Do you tend to keep quiet when something upsets you or you just huff and puff? Or are you clear about saying to people, do you know what, when you do that, um, it has an impact on me and I don't like the impact. It's really helpful to remember a particular technique. And that technique is neutral body language. Your body can say a thousand words. Neutral voice. Listen to the tone of voice that I'm using here. Oh, thank you. That's lovely. Thank you. Same word, very different energy. So when I talk about a neutral voice, it's very much as I am using now. Because when you use a neutral voice, the other person is far less likely to wriggle because they're not getting the edge of that voice. They're not then, that's not tipping them into um, a trigger of a, you know, a nagging parent or a critical teacher. And they're more likely to listen to the content of what you say. But in order to do that, you have to manage yourself first. Absolutely vital. When you do manage yourself first, and sometimes it's about saying, look, I need to go and get myself under control. Let me go and have five minutes. I'll come back and we'll talk then. But if I talk now, I'm gonna say something I regret. It's really important that you manage yourself. It's really important that you remember two ears, one mouth. Listen and listen actively and listen to the subtext because often it's not in the words that people use, but it's what they're trying to say. And often if you can get underneath what they're trying to say, it's not that they are being nasty or being difficult. It's that they are hurting. You can't change other people. You know, the only person you have absolute control over is you. But if you change the way in which you respond or you initiate things, very often that has the impact of changing the other person. My favourite definition of all times, Einstein's definition of madness, to keep doing the same thing over and over and expect a different result. So if you're not getting the results you want, don't look to the other person to start with, look to you. We're gonna have a break now, and after the break, Julie Parker's going to join us, and we're going to talk about professional relationships, and I can't wait to introduce them. So see you in a moment. You have been listening to Gina Gardner on Leadership for Life. We'll be back after this quick break. Want to get the best out of life personally and professionally? Are you ready to step into a life which excites and fulfills you? Well, the right place for you is Leadership for Life 
with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. We will share with you stories from inspiring people, a wide range of guest experts, and lots of practical strategies to help you get the very best out of your personal and professional life. Leadership for Life is a radio and TV show focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Join international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer, Gina Gardner, live every Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Become the leader of your own life. Gina Gardner's number one international best-selling book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success, and Fulfillment, provides you with the foundational principles on which to become the best leader of your own life. It's available as an ebook, paperback, hardback, and as an audio from genuinely-you.com or also from Amazon. Every one of the principles have been proven to work for the countless people who have used them, including the author. Now, let's put them to work for you. If you're ready to discover your true leadership life design, accelerate your journey with an invitation to join Gina for Leadership for Life VIP Day. Choose your journey of self-discovery where Gina will help you navigate your way to happiness, success, and fulfillment. To find out more, email gina at genuinely-u.com. Welcome back to Leadership for Life. Here is your host, Gina Gardner. Hello there. Welcome back. In a moment, you're going to meet Julie Parker. But before I um, actually get onto the show, what I'd like to do is to read you her bio. And as usual, I read it so I don't miss anything out. It's a very juicy one. Julie Parker is a client attraction and retention expert and founder of Elite Consulting. She is a national educator, role model and mentor for dynamic, meaningful and engaging and profitable business connections. She is the director of a nationwide business network of over 10,000 plus members. Julie's got a background of 15 years and more in corporate oil and gas experience and personal development coaching which has provided her with the high caliber, refined, interpersonal skills she now incorporates into her programs. Originally from Chicago, Julie now resides in Houston, Texas and serves clients both nationwide and globally. Julie helps smart, savvy, established entrepreneurs and small business owners and commission-based professionals take the struggle and frustration out of the client attraction and retention process so they consistently and elegantly fuel their sales pipelines with targeted quality clients and ideal referral partners. The outcome? Quality and genuine long-term business relationships and bigger profits. So without more ado, I'd like you to welcome my good friend, Julie Parker. Hello and welcome. Hi, Gina. Great to be here with you. Thank you. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. Before we start our general discussion, perhaps you would share a bit of your background and how you actually, you know, 10,000 um, connections plus. Um, it's pretty impressive. So talk us through briefly through your journey. So, yeah, it's actually t- listening to that. It sounds very impressive. I can't think of, really, did I do that? <laughs> so I'm an organizer for 
several groups in Houston and haven't actually met all of them, but I was doing monthly events, networking events, and it just sort of built over the years. So um, and there were networking events. And what I noticed was that people would come. <laughs> they were having a hard time engaging with other people. So I sort of, you know, it sort of snowballed from there, but it grew, especially with the pandemic happening, it went online and I'll talk about further about that later, but it just, it's grown and people, they, they come, they'd attend, they would enjoy the, the experience and the structure of the events and the word got out. So yeah, it's grown nicely. I'd be really interested, what do you see as the major challenges for people? And do you see there's a difference between face-to-face -face meetings and online? But before we go to the face-to-face -face and online, what are the major challenges that you recognize in terms of those people who struggle to make those connections? Well, we know that business needs to go on. We need to have a, a steady flow of new leads, meet new people, and it, st it stems from networking um, and meeting new people. And, you know, I would like to add that this ripples out into our personal life. I mean, we're the common denominator, so whether it's business or personal, it's all about yeah. how well we relate with and to people. So oftentimes people are nervous. They feel like they've got, you know, the spotlight uh, phobia <laughs> in the spotlight. I've had several people say to me, okay, so how do you, you know, I'm just not really good. They might be introverts. Mm -hmm. um, they don't know how to engage or approach people to start conversations or people who are already in conversations. So there's, there's a, or people will just kind of run over people who are having conversations or take over the conversation. So there's, there's a fine line between all of that. There's, there, uh, there's etiquette, there's logistics, there's preparation. There's so much that's entailed. And just really being clear about what it is that you do, what you offer, and you know what your morals and values are as well. So for somebody who is struggling, okay, what would your rules of engagement be? Here am I, I'm somebody, I've come to you and I am, I, I, I don't like networking, I'm not used to it, and I, I just need your help, help me, please help me. <laughs> And I get that question often. So again, oftentimes people are introverted. They're afraid of, um, in, you know, regardless, different set of rules for in-person versus online, but that, you know, still rules apply. So one thing is getting really clear about you, your values, you know, um, what's important to you, being really clear about what your message is and what your goals are for engaging with new people. You know, sometimes it could be just, you want to practice a description. Um, Sometimes you might be looking for a resource or you might just be told that networking is great. Okay, so you go. That's almost like getting in the car and not having a location or knowing you're supposed to go shop someplace but not knowing exactly where and how to drive the car or what roads to take, no, no driver's license. Like all these things need to be in place and people think it's just very simple. There's more to it than just that. So having being prepared, being very clear and being confident and comfortable in the whole process as well. Okay, so I'm, I've got a new business, and I'm, so you're saying to me, I need to be clear. And that sounds great, but I'm not. So <laughs> what's your advice to me? And I'm not very clear about, go for it. Okay, so, <laughs> so this is almost like the preface for selling, okay? So we've got to be clear about, when I, in, in working with clients, I take them through a process. So tell me about you. You know, what are your morals? What are your values? What's important to you? Um, 
you know, what words and terms do you use? Because it's got to be authentic to you. When you engage with other people, it has to be authentic. Otherwise, it's going to sound scripted, which comes across cold, and it doesn't invite people to interact yeah. with you. It's almost like talking to a commercial. It doesn't work, and it's not inviting. Um, also being clear, really, really clear, concise, and compelling about who it is, um, who your target market is. Who do you want to work with? And often people will say, oh, I, you know, everybody needs this product and service. Okay, think about the last time you engaged with somebody who was very difficult and challenging, or maybe there was a chemistry conflict. <laughs> Every time they call or send you an email, what happens to you? You get this, you know, be very specific about who you want to work with. Who is your ideal client? What are they looking for? Um, micro niche it down so it's very easy. And then, you know, something else that I share with people is I help them create a description, not an elevator pitch, but a description about what it is they do who they help, and what results they get from it. It's an, it's, inter not, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt you. it's an interesting distinction that you make between an elevator pit and a description. Do you want to just talk us through that? Because I think that's really important. Well, I agree, and thank you. It's, you know, an elevator pitch, it's almost like you're pitching to people. And when you're meeting someone brand new, you don't even know if they want what you're, if they're an ideal person for what you have to offer. Take time to get to know them. So a pitch... And a pitch can often be something that someone else created. Mm -hmm. It might be something that you're, if you work for a, a company, okay, so here's the pitch. This is what you do. It's scripted. It's someone else's words, someone else's values, and it's with the intention of selling. When you're having a conversation, it's the preface. You're getting to know that person. You're asking questions. You're having a conversation. Hello, nice to meet you. What's your name? Versus, here's my stuff. Are you going to buy? Mm -hmm. you, you need to buy. Here, here, sign up right here. <laughs> and then a description is just, Literally, you're saying hello, you're meeting this person or group of people, and this is, and you know, they expect you to share what you do, but they don't want to be sold to. People love to buy, but they don't like to be sold to. Yeah. It gives them space and permission to, to say, hey, I want to hear more. Um, so a description is just sharing what it is that you do, who you serve, and what the benefits are. And if it's clear, concise, and compelling, and really done well, and also not what you say, but how you say it, I agree with what you said earlier. Um, the energy in your voice is either inviting or repelling. So people, if it's, if it's shared well and lands well with people, the right people will, you know, say, wait, I want to talk to you or, Hey, you know, it's almost like the difference between being the lighthouse in the dark or a tugboat trying to push, shove, manipulate and, and coerce yeah. people into uh, working with you. I think that's so important is you actually want to attract the right clients to you or the people who want your product rather than those that don't. Relationships for me, I, I think you're absolutely right, are absolutely crucial in this. One of my pet hates about LinkedIn is when people um, you know, jump on you and start to, to sell you their stuff before they've even said hello. Um, and it's a real turn off, isn't it? It definitely is. Before we go too far, how about the difference between meeting people and networking face-to-face -face and the etiquette of online? Oh, how much time do you have? <laughs> um, so, you know, in, in person, you have the, you know, you choose who you're going to go up to and speak with for how long. Um, so there's, there's so much there. Um, what you're going to say, you, it's, you're almost, it's almost like performance anxiety in a different way. So in spotlight as well, Some, and there have been several people who have said to me in the past, attending my in-person networking events, I'm not good at this. 
I'm introverted, I'm shy, and I don't know how to approach people. I don't feel comfortable. So for that, I, you know, understanding everybody's there to meet other people. There's a diplomatic way that you can politely say, hey, can I join your conversation? I'd love to meet you all. Yeah. You know, they're afraid of interrupting, but, you know, if it's done in a nice way, they're, they're all there to meet people. So why would you not be welcome okay. into the conversation? And then online, oftentimes, I know with my own networking events, um, they're large and there might be, you know, a huge group of people. So you can't <laughs> I've literally had people cry, break out into a sweat and just leave out of humiliation because it was that embarrassing because they weren't prepared. They didn't know how to do it. They didn't know how to ga- navigate. And oftentimes, and I've heard this as well, people have said it's like culture shock. They don't know what or how to navigate within it, mm-hmm. but also bringing in the whole concept of engaging well with other people and having a really nice conversation versus trying to sell and pitch. Yeah. So you know, in, in an online networking event, you can't, or even an online coffee chat, you can't just pull out of the conversation or just not speak. No. You really have to. So being prepared, you know, having something that you're comfortable with that sounds like you, your wording, your values, um, it's all that stuff, all of that, that beautiful, it's like a, a, um, a recipe of you and, and who, you offer, who, you, who you serve, what you offer to people. Um, done in a way that feels good to you and that lands really nicely for the right people who want your product and service. I think what you say is so important. It's all in preparation, isn't it? You know, the old saying that, you know, is it prepare, fail to prepare, prepare to fail. Exactly, exactly. Um, what strikes me is if we're meeting people face to face, that one of the things that you can do is to look for an open part of shape, the way people are standing. If they're huddling and they're very close, don't choose those. Go and, and for me, it's always go and choose the person who's on their own looking awkward and then go and be interested. And instead of focusing on how I feel, go and make them feel comfortable. So who are you and, you know, where have you come from? And, and, and just talking to them, making them feel comfortable immediately makes you feel comfortable, doesn't it? it exactly. And that's a really good point. It's, you know, body language is something to consider. People's expression um, if they feel closed, some people don't want to be approached. They're there, they know they should be there, but they don't want to be approached. Mm-hmm. They don't want to talk. So watching for eye contact as well. Yes. Um, and then, so in person has its own thing. So yeah, again, people who are not standing so close together. Um, body language is definitely an important one. And see how intense if they're like really in a, a deep conversation you know, maybe especially an introverted person might not feel that comfortable going and approaching them. They could yeah. wait for someone else to show up and then kind of approach them as well. Um, and also recognizing many people have that, um, they feel awkward, <laughs> but asking questions about the other person yeah. takes the spotlight off of them, the attention off of them, or offering to help somebody with something. Yeah. It, it, it creates more of a space to be welcomed in. I think so. So let's go back to the online because these days um, we are with the pandemic. So much more time is spent in online meetings. Yes. And there is a big difference, isn't there, when we're in a huge group, when it's quite difficult, certainly for the host to manage an interaction. And then when you're put into a small group and you've got a very finite amount of time uh, in order to to beat, talk, and then you're taken back to the main room. Right. What's your advice in terms of, yes, you've got to be prepared, but, but you're in a group of three or four. You've not chosen those people. They're suddenly on your screen and you've got to interact with them. What's your advice then? So with that, really be aware of um, how you're showing up, 
how you're engaging with other people. So one thing, you know, are you looking at the camera? Are you looking away? Are you looking at, the, at your watch or are you taking a phone call? Or are you looking at a different screen or taking care of the kids that are in the background? So being present, looking at the people, um, watching, listening with intention. Yeah. Partially because there's gold, there's breadcrumbs. When you're listening to other people, you're listening for what they're saying. If it's clear to you, if you understand, if you don't, if there's time, you can ask them to... Uh, to go deeper, ask specific questions so you can get the information that you're looking for to find out, A, if you can be a referral source for them, if you have suggestions for them, or if you might be an ideal referral partner or if it might be a product or service that you're looking for. So asking questions helps them. It comes across as though you care, you're interested genuinely. Yeah. Um, giving people time to talk without interrupting, asking questions. You know, people love talking about themselves and they feel addressed and acknowledged and respected when people ask about them. Um, and it, it just sort of opens the doors. Now we've talked about preparation. We've talked about actually engaging in the meeting, but I think so often networking is a complete waste of time because as the meeting finishes, that's it. So what's your advice in terms of post meeting and how to make the most of it after the meeting? Very good question. Okay, and yeah, it can be it. And one thing I would like to say is, you know, as they say, the fortune is in the follow-up. So depending on the structure of the event and of the, you know, especially online, usually they're on Zoom. Um, if the chat is open, if you're in a, a breakout session per se, or if it's a smaller uh, group of people uh, versus a larger group, you can just, if there's someone who is of interest to you that you either have a referral for, or if you'd like to talk further with, or if you'd just like to become friends, let them know, hey, I'd like to talk further about whatever, so they know what your intention is. They can say yes or no. Don't take it yeah. personal if they say no. And then make sure you've got their information. Ask if it's okay to swap information or if there's a link to, to book a call. Um, and if you're the one giving the link, please be sure it's not a strategy call link. <laughs> there's a difference between a strategy call link um, with people assuming that they're gonna purchase from you uh, versus just a, a a link to schedule a call with you, just a free open call. So, um, and then follow up with them, confirm with them. Hey, it was great to meet you at such and such event. I look forward to our, our chat on such and such a date at this time. And make sure, make sure everybody knows it's gonna be either by phone or Zoom. Or make sure you've got, you're clear on the Zoom link, confirm it to make sure that time still works with them. I can't tell you how many times things have fallen through the, the cracks without conf confirmation in advance. Yeah. So, and, you know, letting them know you're looking forward to uh, speaking with them again and making sure you're prepared for that call. Really, really good advice. And I think one of the things I would say, ask you then, I'm going to ask you, what are the top three don'ts after a meeting? What mustn't you do? I would say, well, <laughs> this is sort of a flip, but make sure that you always confirm. Yep. Um, make sure you follow up. Um, I wouldn't go to go to the conversation with the assumption that that person's going to buy from you. It's an opportunity to talk further and really create the conversation, cre create the, the uh, foundation for the conversation and for a relationship. If, if there's any potential there, it'd be really, really clear about what it is that you want to talk about. So don't go unprepared and don't go assuming that that's going to be a sale. I can't tell you how many people have reached out to me on LinkedIn and wanted to schedule a call only to for them to assume they're going to sell to me. And I think so often after I've been to meetings and then suddenly there's a flood of people who uh, have contacted me to sell, 
when there's been no interaction with them at all on the on the main meeting. They've just taken the email address um, and they've used it in that way. And I think the etiquette is so important, isn't it? Exactly, because people feel respected, they feel seen, they feel recognized mm. and acknowledged, and everybody's time is important. Time is a huge commodity. Yeah. And if we're not spending it wisely and being clear with other people, if we want to reach out and, and talk with them versus being spammed by them, you know, the resistance is going to be there if we actually do. Some people have a hard time saying no when they do it anyway. They've also got that resistance because they weren't following their own boundaries. So, yeah. Brilliant. Now, <laughs> where can people get hold of you? So I believe I had provided my LinkedIn uh, profile link. They can reach me at julie at eliteconsultingco.com, which is right there, my email. They can schedule a discovery call with me, and that is if there's any interest to work with me. Um and that is the bit.ly, lowercase Julie, J-U-L-I-E, uppercase D-C. Brilliant. And you're on LinkedIn. They can find you there, can't they? Yes. Uh, and we'll put the, put the details in the show notes. Julie, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you, as always. Lovely. And I would urge you, if you are someone who struggles with networking professionally, particularly in the current climate where it's so important, you know, you only get one opportunity to make a good first impression. Exactly. Um, and it's all about relationships. People buy from people and how you turn up can make the difference between you um, doing well or you struggling. So exactly. if you need some help, Julie's your girl. Gina, thank, thank you, you so much. It was lovely to be here with you today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. After the break, we're going to be talking about holidays. Christmas is coming. Thanksgiving's just been. And we're going to talk about the impact of relationships within holidays. So I'll see you in a moment. You have been listening to Gina Gardner on Leadership for Life. We'll be back after this quick break. Want to get the best out of life personally and professionally? Are you ready to step into a life which excites and fulfills you? Well, the right place for you is Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk4TV. We will share with you stories from inspiring people a wide range of guest experts, and lots of practical strategies to help you get the very best out of your personal and professional life. Leadership for Life is a radio and TV show focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Join international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer, Gina Gardner, live every Thursday 1 p.m. Eastern Time on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Become the leader of your own life. Gina Gardner's number one international best-selling book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success, and Fulfillment, provides you with the foundational principles on which to become the best leader of your own life. It's available as an ebook, paperback, hardback, and as an audio from genuinely-u.com or also from Amazon. Every one of the principles have been proven to work for the countless people who have used them, including the author. Now, let's put them to work for you. If you're ready to discover your true leadership life design, accelerate your journey with an invitation to join Gina for Leadership for Life VIP Day. 
Choose your journey of self-discovery where Gina will help you navigate your way to happiness, success, and fulfillment. To find out more, email gina at genuinely-you.com. Welcome back to Leadership for Life. Here is your host, Gina Gardner. Hello there. Welcome back. We are on the run-up to Christmas and probably I should have done this before Thanksgiving because although we talk about it being the season of cheer and goodwill to all men, it can often be something very different um, and become something of a war zone. Preparing for Christmas can put huge pressure on everyone. There are such expectations, I find. And it's interesting, you know, I've got over 30 years experience of dealing with people. And I recognize how we want things to be perfect. And we have this incredible desire that whatever goes on during the rest of the year, that during the time of Christmas, and if you don't celebrate Christmas, this may be true of Ramadan or Hanukkah or whatever, it tends to be the important family uh, traditional holidays that you take. But the principles are also true for your annual vacation, as and when uh, you can take those is that whatever there's been going on and however challenging it may be, that it's gonna be brilliant at Christmas. In my experience, very often the mother or the wife or the female partner takes on the major role of preparing for and sorting out everything to do with the holiday. Now I am generalizing and if you're a gentleman and you're listening to this and it's you who does it, please, you have my full uh, admiration and I recognize that I'm not talking to you. However, what I've found from, from working with so many people is that people put such a, a, an expectation on themselves and other people that's unrealistic that actually it works against you having a great Christmas. So I wanna to talk to you about a number of issues. Number one is money. Money's tight at the moment, and we have, live in a world which is very materialistic, and children particularly have very high expectations of what you're going to be able to do as a parent or a grandparent or an auntie or an uncle, um, and you may not have that money. And I know from my years of being a principal how many parents got into huge debt in order to give their children what they felt that their children wanted. Interestingly, very often those presents were looked at, played with for a couple of days, and then they went into the drawer and not looked at again. So what I would say to you is recognize what your budget is. Christmas doesn't have to be about big presents. It can be about being creative, but you have to set the expectation early. So one of the things that I do with some of my friends is that we put a limit on things. It could be five pounds, 10 pounds, whatever it works for you. And then you have to be creative with that and come up with something that you know the other person will like, but that you're not allowed to spend more than that money. Now you can make it and use the money to, to for um, ingredients or uh, for um, the uh, materials, or you can bargain hunt, go to thrift shops and find something. But the important thing is it's something that the other person will like. With food, with a really sensible, careful budgeting, you can make your money go a long way. And, you know, in reality, Christmas dinner 
is a roast dinner with knobs on. Making it lavish and getting into debt to do that and then spending January, February, March, maybe the whole year trying to pay for it doesn't make any sense. So I would urge you, think about your budget and cut your cloth accordingly. Setting expectations. If you don't get on with your in-laws, your outlaws, your brothers and sisters, whoever, and you're inviting them all to come for Christmas, then please be realistic about how you expect them to behave and how you're going to behave. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. Ultimately, if you want a different response to them, from them, you have to respond differently. Be really clear that alcohol in the mix tends to make things much worse. Uncle Ted, who is about bearable during the year with half a bottle of scotch inside him, is unlikely to be um, a pleasure. So be careful about alcohol. You know, if everybody's consuming loads of alcohol before you have dinner, the chances are that things are going to deteriorate. You don't have to be the slave, please, mums, wives. Get other people to help you. Don't be a martyr in the kitchen. Prepare early. Roast potatoes can be prepared apart from the cooking. Parboil, oil them, put them on a tray, bung them in the freezer. You can get lots ahead of time. And what I want to share with you is I've created a free 12-part um, program um, to help you. Um, you can go to the website genuinely-u.com and you can actually sign up for the 12-part um, holiday program. It was based loosely on the 12 days of Christmas, but it's 12 different themes about surviving and thriving during the holiday. And you can have that completely for free and it's full of advice and tips around a whole range of themes to help you have the very best holiday that you can have. The other thing is that we've been talking about relationships. And if you are either lonely or in a relationship that you're unhappy in, or that you just want your relationship to be a great deal better, then have a think about having a VIP day with me. We can do that online. It's four and a half hours if you have a one day. It's two sets of four and a half hours for a two day. And we can really look at the relationship that we, you have with you and how that can um, translate into a loving relationship with other people. If you want 2021 to have a very different feel in terms of relationships because they've not been going too well, then you really need to do something different. And investing in yourself can make all the difference. So if you're interested in that, email me at gina at genuinely-u.com or go onto the website and you can contact me through the website. But ultimately, it's time to invest in you. If you want things to be different, you've got to do things differently. And sometimes it can be really tricky. So if you're ready to step into being the leader of your own life, then you have to take action. You have to take responsibility. So I'm inviting you to be the very best version of you that you can be, to step into that role as leader of your own life and to take control. It's been a real joy having you in the show. We've got a great show lined up for you next week, all about your spiritual journey. And my friend, uh, Rachel Davidson, who's a fabulous author, if you want great books for Christmas, then her trilogy, uh, Beyond the Veil, is a great present to give someone. 
So please join me next week. But I'm going to say cheerio and take the take the step. Choose to step in and be the leader in your own life. Take care now. Bye-bye. You have been listening to The Leadership for Life with your host, Gina Gardner. Make sure you tune in to W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV next Thursday and every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time for more Leadership for Life. If you missed any part of this episode or just want to hear or see it again, you can find the archive of the TV show on Talk 4 TV's YouTube channel and the podcast of The Leadership for Life on iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Amazon Music, and wherever you listen to your podcast.